0: Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse lepers. Cast
1: out demons. This is Healing the Whole Person on WSFI Catholic Radio.
2: Well, hello and welcome to Healing the Whole Person. We have a very special episode We want to welcome the U.S. Grace Force team to us. This is the first time that they've been on, but it certainly won't be the last, God willing. We have with us Father Richard Heilman. Many of you know him from the Roman Catholic Man and Battle Ready U.S. Grace Force. I guess you've been teaming up with Doug Barry, who's here. Doug, say hello. Hi. There he is. (laughs) There he is. Hello, everybody. And we, we promised you that today we sent out an email to tell you that today we were going to focus on the story behind the story of these two great people who have made the U.S. Grace Force such a force today in our culture. Father Heilman, as you know, is the author of five books, including a field manual.
1: Well, it's, it's a Church Militant Field Manual, Special Forces Training for the Life in Christ.
2: Thank you very much. It's got Thank a
1: very you. military feel to it.
2: Yes, <laughs> and you worked on the Coast to Coast Rosary. I understand you were the creator of that.
1: Uh, the Combat Rosary, yep.
2: Combat Rosary, there you yeah.
1: go. And then, yeah, we do a Coast to Coast Rosary campaign every year, but yeah, the name of it is Combat Rosary.
2: Combat Rosary, and I remember here we were sending out the email blast for the Coast to Coast Rosary. There he is, he's holding it up. For those of you who can see the video, Father is holding up his Rosary, his weapon, and in back of him, Father, tell us a little bit about that statue that you have with Our Lady of Oh yeah,
1: it's incredible. Um, a friend of mine was processing Mary through the streets of, uh, of Madison, Wisconsin before anybody, anybody else basically in the culture was in the 70s and 80s. Anyways, it came off of the carrier they had it on and fell and broke broken a bunch of pieces. They couldn't find anybody to put it together. They finally found a lady and she says, I think I can fix it. And it was four people that went to bring it to her. So five people are standing there. She goes, do you see what I see? And the statue was weeping. Wow. So I have a weeping Fatima statue behind me, so.
2: And you also have a okay. relic of one of our favorite saints, St. Saint Maximilian Kolbe, there are looking yep, at right us. Yep, right
1: there, St. Yes. Maximilian Kolbe.
2: So many of our He's listeners my are, are Mary Town, we, they call us Mary Towners, Father.
1: That's right, uh, went to seminary next door at Mundelein.
2: That's right, St. Mary of the Lake, yes, yep. indeed. And your cohort in crime here is none, none other than Doug Barry. Doug is the founder and director of the Catholic apostolate Radix, which I understand now means root, Doug, is that correct?
3: Yes, it's a Latin word for root. It's actually where we get the English word radical. And to be radical really has nothing to do with surfing or or um, all-you-can-eat food buffets or even being Republican. Being radical means to get to the root of something or to the heart of it. And yes. so the idea behind it, when we started it uh, 32 years ago, it was, it was 1990 that we began Radix. Wow, you were 10 then. I, I was just 10 years old. Yeah. That's right, because I'm, I'm a young guy. So... We started it with the idea of getting to the root of our faith, because we found that a lot of people just didn't know even the basics, such as the Ten Commandments, the Beatitudes, the works of mercy, and so forth. So we focused on just the basics, primarily the root, uh, the fundamentals, the, the those rudimentary things that we all really need, and then everything builds on that. You can memorize every book of the Bible, but if you don't know the Ten Commandments and you're not following them, you're not doing too well. Yep. So
2: how did you two get together
3: uh we were uh, i was it was in prison i was uh, in residence <laughs> and father was visiting no 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 that's not how <laughs> it was a phone call wasn't it doug it call. was a friend of mine uh, i used to live in lincoln nebraska and a friend of mine said hey you know what you, you know your message sounds a lot like this priest out there <laughs> father richard heilman he wrote this field Mine manual. sounded
1: like yours but go ahead
3: <laughs> well, <no. laughs> well, she said he wrote this field manual. I think you guys would get along. So I just I just looked him up, I researched it and found him, called him we talked for I don't know what Father it was like an hour. I mean I would say yeah. sparks were flying.
1: And we were both like pacing
3: the room on our side on each of our side. Yeah. It was, it was a, it, was like, it was an immediate connection there. And, yeah. and then a few years later, we just were, were friends. I'd come up to Father's Parish in Wisconsin a few times, I think. And and then Father just contacted me and said, Hey, I'm thinking of starting a podcast. Are you interested in, in doing this with me? And I, I was getting ready to move down to Texas. So I got down to Texas and I've been like down here for else. a couple of years. And uh, yeah, and then we just we started the podcast just over two, about two and a half years ago now. Yep.
2: You know, both of your, when I was looking through your biographies, both of your apostolates are focused on men in yes. some way. Why is that? Why is it so important for us to reach out to the men? Go you, Go first,
3: Doug. Me, okay. You know, and it's interesting because father, of course, being a priest, and me being a husband and father, you know, we're in different different vocations, but both recognize, I think, that that you know, if you don't have that spiritual authority in the home, if you don't have that man who's leading, um, then everything everything underneath his authority and everything around him that he's been given the care of collapses or or falls short. I mean, families, you know, they're broken. One of the statistics or or stories that Father and I both like to talk about is the different studies that have been done on children. When children um, grow up to become adults, if the mother has been the predominant spiritual leader of the home, um, you get about a 25-30%, roughly, depending on the study, of the children actually living the faith to any degree. If the father is really the predominant spiritual leader, as he's supposed to be, the spiritual head of the home, as my wife is spiritual heart of the home, but if he's that spiritual head, you can see that number in the area of 85 to 90% wow. of, of young adults living their faith because of dad. You can't escape the importance of dad, spiritually or physically. And so we don't address just the spiritual. We talk about that physical component that men have to be they got to be ready to fight protect defend work hard you know go out in the middle of a snowstorm and plug the hole in the roof if a tree falls through it i mean men have to be ready to go and we have to be be supporting each other in this complete manhood not not just a spiritual and not just a physical you've got to bring the natural and the spiritual together
1: yeah and and for me you know i just as i traverse through my priesthood I just saw a, a lot of what our Catholicism was becoming is very effeminate mm-hmm. and I saw men checking out and just, you know, I don't want to hold hands and sing fruity, you know, Broadway musical songs, you know, and I, but it, it, so I, I just saw men checking out more and more and and so I, I wanted to help them to understand the masculine side of our Catholic faith and there's a lot to that um, and and so and a lot of what Doug just said but it's that, it's that idea of being Saint Joseph. But you're a servant leader. I mm-hmm. always say my one of my favorite images of the Holy Family is uh, Joseph uh, out in front of the the donkey with Mary, uh, you know, enthroned upon it when she's with child. Yeah. And and so he's leading, yes, but he's a servant leader, and and so all of that, and just to help men to understand uh, the wonder of our Catholic faith, it's not just effeminate. <laughs> I mean. It, it, and and uh, and so I I wanted to I wanted to draw them back in and help them to understand, uh you know their call to be Saint Josephs just like Doug said.
3: Yeah, yeah. I think I to add to that real quick. I think some people have referred to the approach that Father and I take as, and and others have used this term too as kind of a muscular Catholicism. Yeah. Just the idea that we need men to understand. You know, when Joseph and I love that same image Father's talking about when Joseph is leading the donkey and the Blessed Mother and Baby yeah. Jesus. He's leading them through an incredibly challenging and wild, difficult wilderness. This, right. is, this is not a soft man. He is not, he's right. not a sissy, he is not effeminate. Right. He is not, as, as Father Ripperger describes it, effeminacy, basically lack of masculinity or effeminacy is a man who rejects the arduous, difficult task in favor mm-hmm. of what is easy and yeah. what is comfortable. And yeah. there's nothing wrong with comfort and ease. But there is something wrong with men rejecting the challenge of something that God presents. Look, this is going to be hard. This is going to be difficult. You got to man up and take care of this. It, it, there's just no other way sometimes. We just have to do this. But a lot of men have really become neutered, and they have bailed out on that responsibility.
1: You
2: know, you just got uh, to Go ahead, Father.
1: Well, I was just going to say one of the, uh, my favorite YouTube videos out there. One of, one of the men's apostolates around the country put this together. It's genius. But... It's it's uh, it seems like it's 0 degrees out and all of a sudden the, the guy's alarm clock goes off and he mm-hmm. gets up at midnight and <laughs> uh, and he gets dressed and he, and he scrapes the ice off his car and he's you know driving in this icy cold and he ends up in an adoration chapel, and mm-hmm. the, the name of the video, if you watch it, uh, find it on YouTube, is called Midnight Watch.
0: Yeah, but see
1: what, I, and then he meets two of his buddies there. You know, it's after, and then it shows it pans back to pictures of his wife and children asleep. You know, but, you know, that idea that, that I, I got your back. I mean, I, I'm the protector of the family. And and first and foremost, I want to I draw in God's wonderful grace into, and blessing into our family. I want us all to be close to God. So all of that, I guess, mm-hmm. is, uh, is why I'm passionate about uh, uh, men's ministry like
0: that. Amen. You know, you
2: brought up Father Ripperger, who is an exorcist, for those in our audience who aren't familiar with him. Talk a little bit about the culture. What, what's our battle really with right now? Is our battle with flesh and blood? And you brought about the, the, even the word masculine. When you use the word masculine, in the back of my brain, I hear Fox News talking about toxic masculinity. Toxic masculinity. Are you both toxic? You're dangerous to, to the I females know. with your, your masculine approach. What's the battle really with? What's what's going on in our culture today?
3: Yeah, okay. Father, Good. I'll
1: let you start. All right, I'll go. Yeah, go. Yeah, um, go. Yes, you're right. It, there's supernatural forces, and we're, listen, we're weak, and we've uh, secularized our religion in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. and we've made it more of a social gathering. We've, um, uh, we've, we've uh, downplayed the, the things like the sacred, and all, all to help us to forget the supernatural element uh, present in, in all that. And so there and yet there is such a thing as a supernatural. And it, if if they've got us convinced that it doesn't exist or or it's just watered down, that makes it so easy for the devil and his demons to gain access because uh, with man, it's impossible. with God, all things are possible. And so I think that's that's a lot of what our ministries, Doug and mine, is all about is to help us to uh, become, a once again of the reality of the supernatural, how to get it, um, and also you know the preternatural elements of of uh, demons and and how to uh, you know stay uh, keep your family protected from all that. And uh, you know Father Ripperger talks about portals. You know sin in our lives, it's it's like a an opening in a roof almost that uh, and the demons come pouring in and. Uh, we, we invite them in into our, our, uh, our, our hearts, but also into our homes. How, Father, not careful. How,
2: how do people invite them into their life? Is it a conscious thing, or is it is it an no. you know, action? Uh,
1: yeah, it can be, obviously, but, you know, satanic rituals and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, no, it's not a conscious thing. It's, it's, again, we're so weak that we don't even know we're doing that. Um, <clears throat> one of the ones that just popped into my mind that's so prevalent is, is something like pornography. You know, I mean, it's right there on people's phones. And, and so uh, when you choose that, you know, something that, you know, is an abomination of God, it horrifies God, then it's, it's as if Adam and Eve decided to walk out of the Garden of Eden. It's as if they're choosing something other than God. So that's what I'm saying. You're inviting in that way by choosing something other than God or something that um, betrays God
3: yeah and, and there's no doubt we you know father and i have both been in situations where families may come up bring it up i'm sure father's heard it in the confessional people do choose to play with ouija boards or they get yeah. into witchcraft or they'll get into the harry potter books or the the you know any any of these areas that are dabbling now, I agree with Father, many don't think, oh, I'm inviting the devil into my life. That's right. not what's going through most of their minds at all, unless it's all out satanic practice. But in general, they want to get into the supernatural world, but it's apart from the way God says is ordered, such right. as prayer and sacraments. That gets you into the supernatural world. Right. Uh, but a lot of people, they're they're not, they're not this because we become so secularized. You know you use the term uh you brought it up you know angela which i think is a great point there's this talk of toxic masculinity i mean you could say that because of the lack of male spiritual leadership and protection and male authority and what i mean by that is as Father Ripper likes to say, demons are like lawyers from hell. They (laughs) understand authority. They understand the structure of it. So if I as a father or even Father Heilman as the pastor of his parish, or he is the person of Christ, I mean, we have spiritual authority in certain realms. Every husband and father has authority. Well, first of all, we all have authority over our own souls. Okay, we can we can bind demons who are attacking us personally in the name of Jesus always of course. But, you know, the fact that they're like lawyers from hell, they understand the authority structure. When men become irresponsibly masculine okay so there's irresponsible masculinity and there's toxic masculinity and i heard i think it was jason whitlock on fox news just used this term it's not that it's toxic it's that it's irresponsible and when men use their masculinity irresponsibly they fall into things like father mentioned pornography or addiction or excess okay we take we get into excessive everything excessive comfort excessive sports excessive hobbies these can all be major distractions that can really get us to lower our guard. If you ever watch the early Rocky movies when Sylvester Stallone was fighting Apollo Creed, okay, in the first movie or two, you see that his gloves are always down around his neck or his chest. They're never up in front of his face. He's constantly getting hit in the face by Apollo Creed, and you're yelling at the TV or the movie screen, raise your hands like 10 inches, all right, get your guard up. A lot of men have become irresponsible. We've lowered our guard. We're we're getting we're getting punched in the face spiritually. We're opening the door with excess, with extreme comfort, with all these little things, pornography, to birth control, to skipping mass, to not going to confession. These things all weaken us or literally invite the diabolical into our lives. Yep.
2: Getting back to Father Ripperger, I understand you. Did you just have a um, a show with him last night? Thank thought, you
1: for bringing that <laughs> up.
2: going
1: to a little bit about? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I about was that hoping project. because he was uh, uh, Father Ripperger is amazing, but he was especially on fire on this on this podcast. I just watched it again today, and I, please, everyone, go find it. Uh, Unlocking the secret to peace. Is the name of it on YouTube, you could you search that, or you can just go to uh Graceforce Podcast on YouTube and find it, or you can go to usgraceforce.com, uh, where our website and you can find it right there. You gotta watch this,
3: yeah, Father. But, we're, we're over 10,000 views in you know, in like 15 hours since it's been yeah, out, or almost, yeah. it's, it, it's he's just phenomenal, yeah, what
1: was so and the comments I'm seeing on social media too, but uh, you yeah, know, it's but the topic was was particularly good too Mm -hmm. and uh, that does get into something that I'm really feeling passionate about that I want to get to it but um, you know it's unlocking the secret to peace and we are under a demonic torment we're under you know uh, especially the last two years right I mean and so a lot of people are feeling this anxiety uh, even depression and and it, it just feels like we've lost control uh, like like the demons have just waltzed in and taken over. And I and frankly, I think they did, in, in a sense, because we let them. We were weak, right? And I, I, he gets into a lot of that, and, and he, he talks about the thousands and thousands of souls that seek him out because they know he's a, an exorcist, and how they've come to understand that, out of all those people, that a lot of them, if they just got in close to God, okay, and what does that mean though? First, let me say, I think we all, and I'll, I'll point it myself too. We all can get, if we're not careful, into the kind of religion where it's like a good luck charm. You know, we, we just, we wanna make sure we get to mass and you know, we don't wanna, we wanna get to confession and every in everyone while, maybe pick up the rosary because if we do that, we'll have good luck. And how is that a, a person seeking to get intimate with God? He's seeking the love of God. No, it's someone that's got God I always say you're keeping God in a, in a glass box with a hammer underneath that says in case of emergency, break glass right <laughs> because yeah. you know it, and that's the way we treat God you know that that yeah, good thing you're nearby in case you know, I need you you know you know what I'm saying so that's I think where the vast majority of us have been, and so the d- devil just went, oh my time i can just walk in and take control and he can turn to us and say sit down and shut up and just comply and 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 that it's been uh it it it, it's been building up over time but i think the last two years was like a volcanic eruption Mm -hmm. of this and so a lot of people are wondering what we can do and i i think the answer is simple i'm a simpleton (laughs) And I think the answer is simple. It's always right there. I always say it's available to a seven-year-old. But the but the answer is, we were weak, so let's get strong. And by strong, I mean, let's get tight in close to God. Let's seek Him in a love relationship. And so Father Ripperger was talking about how they've come to understand this, that out of these thousands of people that come to them that have, that Almost all of them. I think he talks about 70, 80 they, percent. If they can just get into a best practices spiritual protocol, you know, the one that's most pleasing to God. And, and in other words, there's this hunger to be close in. There's a hunger to be intimate with him. If you get people in a place like that, then the sense of being tormented by demons leaves, he says. Um, and I actually been listening to him for a few years now, and I, I believe that too. I, I'm my background is uh, I I studied in seminary obviously, and I've been studying all these years of my priesthood, with a passion for spiritual direction. Yes. And I I have people that will come to me and seek, you know, help. Uh, they're dealing with something in the family or whatever whatever their, their their problem is, and I listen. I listen very closely, but the and I want to help them in the best way I can. But the first question after when, it, when they're done and it's my turn to talk. Describe your spiritual life for me, because I, I I honestly believe that if that gets in place, then this beautiful order starts coming into people's life. This beautiful peace comes into people's life. I was saying on the podcast, I said, uh, one of my favorite parts of the whole Mass is just before the consecration. And I, I always say that when I'm praying the, 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 um, the, the words of consecration or the canon of the Mass, when I get to that place. I slow down and and I go, order our days in your peace. Don't we want that, that beautiful order, that peace? It's the Garden of Eden. You know, you're walking back home to the garden again. And I wanna help people get there and Father Ripperger does too. And so that's why, you know, whenever you wanna get into it, (laughs) I'm just passionate about what we're gonna be doing starting uh, the beginning of Lent this year. We're going to help people get back in the garden.
2: Tell us a little bit about that, Father, while all right. we have time.
1: Uh, yeah. So you heard what I just said there. All yes. right. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm a I'm a very logical, nuts and bolts kind of guy. I said, okay, okay, there's a problem. What's the solution? And so I spent the last several months uh, putting this together, praying, uh, researching, uh, listening to Father Ripperger, li- listening to my own 33 years of priesthood, of, um, experience. And I came up with something that would help us to uh, ingrain what are the best, the 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 most pleasing prayers of our church, the ways of praying that would get us as close as we can to God. And Father Rippergo will use this word a lot. It, we develop a discipline. Uh, psychologists talk about 2190. What they mean there is it takes about 21 days to develop a habit. The way I say that is like after 21 days you're not so much climbing Mount Everest to get it into your life, okay? Mm -hmm. After 21 days, but at 90 days it's ingrained, you're lost without it, okay? So we're going to do 90 days beginning the day after Ash Wednesday, so March 3rd, and we're going up to the Feast of the Visitation, uh, which is May 31st, so it's, it's March 3rd to May 30th of the 90 days of Doing the best practices and it's it's not hard. It's going to be hard for undisciplined people a little bit.
2: What's an example, but, though, Father, so that we what's can. That? What's an example so we can visualize it? So I get up in the yes. morning on March third. What do I do?
1: Yep, yep. So we and and I, I want to say this. I want to assert, insert this. Is our great grandparents always did this stuff? Okay. So you wake up in the morning. You do what's called the morning offering, mm-hmm. and it's a beautiful prayer that you offer your day to the Lord. And also it, at 6 a.m. you want to do. what's called the angelus right and you do that at 6 noon and 6 p.m 6 a.m noon and 6 p.m um at the end of the day you do a a reflection it doesn't have to take long uh three minutes most spiritual directors say but how did i do today i i put it this way i i i love god so much and i call him dad now (laughs) so how did i do dad you know am i pleasing you dad and and so kind of like that at the end of the day uh so those would be important ones there's also elements too but here's the big one though and this is the one that a lot of us haven't been doing and i use the story of martha and mary there he is the second person of the holy trinity is in their living room and martha's like oh i got a guest over here i better I'll go over here in the kitchen and uh, we get some stuff ready uh, you know right? <laughs> that would be
3: like me. whatever that would be whatever yeah. you
1: know whatever and mary's like second person personally trinity and she gets down at his feet as close as she can appropriate get, and she's, she's looking in his eyes and hanging on his everywhere. She's trying to get as close as she can possibly get to him in that moment, okay? That's what we're not, we're a lot of Marthas. Oh, I'll go to church and I'll throw a rosary up, and you know, I better get to confession after I better, you know. It, it, it. No, God wants us to do that Mary time where we get his feet, and, and classically, and all the saints prayed this way too, it's called mental prayer that's the kind of the official name of it that's the big thing we're going to do for 90 days is we're going to get that ingrained in people but it's honestly it's 15 minutes you could do more than that but you just stop and it, and I, I understand people have big families and all that i come from one i understand but when when uh, when my dad would say i'm going down to the gas station to pick up some milk mom would watch the kids. All right. Let's just say I'm going up into the corner of the bedroom to be alone with God. You take care of the kids. All right. <laughs> you know, there just isn't an excuse. There, just, You know, you, you, you take care of the kids, honey. I'm going to go be with God for 15 minutes. But anyways, but it, the the point is, is, and then we're going to journal. Okay. Um, and I, I put together a beautiful journal. I, I made it as beautiful as I could possibly do. You holding uh, it up? There we go. I'm holding it up. It's got gold embossed. It's got gold edge paper. Um, uh but I, I, because i want to say this is very very serious and i call it peace through strength because it's one of my favorite quotes um ronald reagan actually popularized it but yes. we maintain the peace through our strength weakness only invites aggression we've been weak we've been inviting aggression and so we got to get strong. and strong means get close tight intimate with god amen
2: <laughs> i mean what would the world be like if we all did this i mean what would the world exactly. be exactly like june first if every single person imagine out the, there?
1: And imagine the grace pouring through through us and out into the world, Would or an the an light army. shining from us out into the world, pushing out the darkness, imagine. But again, we, we do the, you know, uh, Jesus is in my living room, so I better, you know, pick up a rosary, I better go to church, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's not that intimacy, that's what we need to get. So we need peace through strength.
2: How do people obtain that, Father?
1: Yeah, so uh, Roman Catholic Gear carries my stuff.
2: Roman and Catholic so, Gear. R-
1: RomanCatholicGear.com is what it is romancatholicgear.com. So please, everyone join us. We're, it, imagine we're gonna have tens of thousands of people praying together for 90 days and getting in tight with the Lord and strong. I've been calling for a, a rev, revival, Angela. We ain't getting no revival unless we get a revival in our heart first. Yes. You know. So, so then those lights, those bright lights will join together. And we'll be a bonfire revival.
2: Yes, and speaking yeah. of bonfires, so Doug, I remember you when you were in Life on the Rock, that's mm. how far back, yeah, so a little while ago. Okay. And now you're back on EWTN with Battle Ready, which airs on Monday evenings, I believe it's at 8 p.m. Central.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then when I Googled you to find out your bio, what's, what's Doug Barry been up to these past few years? The media, the proliferation of your work in media, tell us a little bit about that. It's all over YouTube, and is there a new is there a new project that you have underway that you want to share with our listeners?
3: yeah um we we started a news network called fox news um several years ago uh, me and a guy named roger nicely done by the way what was that nicely, nicely done, done by oh, the way. oh you like it so yeah, you yeah, heard yeah. of it then Oh, yeah, okay yeah. well that's good that's good we've we got a few you know a few few personalities that are recognizable No, um, in all honesty, yeah, Um, 32 years now doing this work. uh, Worked with EWTN for eight years doing Life on the Rock, and then they asked me if I wanted to do a show called Battle Ready, because I'd been talking about being ready for the battle, body, mind, and soul on Life on the Rock. So Father Mark and I went different directions, and they do a different version of Life on the Rock, and I started Battle Ready. Um, It's grown quite a bit, and now we have several other things that we do. Um, I still travel a little bit, um, speak at conferences and parish missions at times, and uh, we started a website, battlereadystrong.com. And then we started about a year and a half ago, something called Battle Ready Coalition, BR Coalition. It's an online monthly um, training membership for people. So we put out a video once a month. We have three live Zoom meetings with, with the different members. Uh, we have manuals that come out. Basically, we're trying to help people do exactly what Father described, but get to the nuts and bolts, the meat and potatoes of it all, How do we address body mind and soul really getting in that habit of doing the right thing and letting god rejuvenate us in these different areas become healthier physically because if i'm healthier physically then i I, i've got a clearer mind i can pray better i can focus better i've heard people say well i can't pray the rosary doug because i i just I, i get distracted and my mind goes off somewhere else i get kind of a brain fog okay some of that's an excuse okay come on people but some of it is, we're not healthy enough, we're, right. eating, we're eating terribly, we don't exercise, we don't take care of the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so because of that, we kind of let it fall to the wayside, and now I can't be, as St. John Paul II says, I can't be the gift to others exactly. to the degree that I should be. So I always say, look, I've got a, a woman on the other end of this ring, okay, my wedding ring, my wife, and she counts on me to be the best me, body, mind, and soul I can be for all these different reasons and more. So we started the Battle Ready Coalition training to help people get online with that training mindset. Very much like Father just said, get in that habit and pretty soon, boy, you know what? I need to have that that superfood green drink. I need to have that rosary time. I need to have that little bit of exercise. I need to get some adoration time in. Yeah, I've got to get the confession every two or three weeks or so. You know, you, you develop the habits. But it takes discipline. I would say that victory comes to those who are disciplined. Victory spiritually and victory naturally. You're gonna have more successes in good, godly, holy ways if you cooperate with God and choose of your own free will to engage in the discipline. So from Battle Ready Coalition, and people can check out the website, brcoalition.com.
2: I was blown away. Stu- I was blown was away that? by that. I was blown away by that website.
3: Oh,
1: awesome. Thin- Thank phenomenal. you.
2: Phenomenal. Oh, thank, thank you. I appreciate it. And,
1: and I just, I want to say, I've been doing Doug's thing, and I lost a bunch of weight, and I'm back at the gym three times a week. Yeah. Thank you,
3: Doug. Ah. <laughs> Father's knocking it out of the park.
0: Well, this is perfect. <laughs>
2: March 1st, right? Lent is right around the corner, so for everyone looking oh, yeah. to get back in shape, but Lent is usually the time. It's January 1st, and then there's Lent. Those are the two right. times that we reform ourselves. So.
3: Yeah, exactly. I'll be and a you new know what? you. And one of my favorite quotes is a quote that actually came from a movie about Genghis Khan, which was played by John Wayne, which I think is one of the most terrible casting decisions you could make. (laughs) But John Wayne played Genghis Khan. And in the movie, uh, some village elder comes out because Genghis Khan is about to ravage his town the next day. And he says, well, why don't you come on into town? Bring your men in. We'll give them, you know, food and relaxation and and they can sleep in tents and so forth. And someone on Genghis Khan's side says, no, the men will stay out here. They'll sleep on the ground. They've got to stay rugged and hard because and here's the quote. If they get too comfortable, they'll get soft. If they get soft, they'll get weak. If they become weak, they can't fight. And if they can't fight, they die. And so, if we get too comfortable spiritually, the devil is going to eat our lunch. We're done. If we get too comfortable physically, yes, we're all going to die eventually. Yes, but the quality of our life while we're alive, so we can do the will of God for Father to have the energy he has to do the things that he does—that's incredible. Yeah, I mean, it's it, at his age too. He's like 97, and he looks like he's like <laughs> no. 62 or so. You know, that's or so 61. young-looking
1: 97.
3: Yeah. <laughs> But the other thing that we started is Battle Ready Coalition Productions, which is the film company side of BR Coalitions. And we are working on a documentary right now. And Father is in it, along with four or five other experts. And it's called Doomed to Repeat It. And I want everybody to go out and check out. If you go to BR Coalition on YouTube, you'll see the trailer there. It's a two and a half minute trailer. It is phenomenally done. We got, just got quality, amazing production on it. And this is a documentary that hopefully will wake people up to the way tyrants who are power hungry throughout history, including our time right now, how they manipulate people, manipulate human nature through fear. And how with that fear, they keep people in a very, very bad, oppressed little box. Yep. And they have their way with them. Yep. And we have a great psychologist who actually works with Father Chad Ripperger, Dr. Joe Lepetzky. We interviewed Dr. Peter McCullough, who's very well known in the public right now. And he speaks very candidly about where we're going with these things. And then we interview several of us. We have a historian, John Leake. We have a human rights, the Jason Jones, Catholic human rights activist. Uh, Father Heilman's in there talking about the spiritual component of this. And we have a phenomenal individual we just connected with we're, we're going to be doing her interview very soon 80 years old she escaped from cuba but when she was 19 years old she was thrown into prison under fidel castro and she watched a hundred thousand or more people be arrested and imprisoned in a span of about 24 hours wow. and she says those types of things she sees happening in our country now so amazing interviews coming with her that's the last piece of the documentary we need and we're hoping to release it in april
0: and
2: or
3: march so
2: if someone's interested in sponsoring that how would they do it
3: they can go to brcoalition.com forward slash production i believe or if you just go to brcoalition, coalition you'll find the production link on that website brcoalition.com and you'll find the link and you can go out we, we are taking some sponsorship people who are helping us um uh, most of the money has been sponsored or raised to shoot the documentary, but we, we're really short on money for promotion and marketing. Uh, we've got some great ideas and some people who want to help, but we do need some funding for that. So we're hoping people will sponsor in order for us to get it out as far and wide as possible, because we're trying to wake people up. Just like Father talks about, we need to wake up spiritually. We also have to realize that God created us with a brain that can be allowed to be dominated by fear, if, and we'll lose rational thought. Our prefrontal cortex, as our psychologist explains, does not function when your fear is overwhelmed constantly, which is what we're getting right now in our world with every, every way you turn. They're telling us that we're bad, we're racist, we're, 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 we're standing up against the medical experts, you name it. You're wrong, you're bad, a new variant. A new a new threat now it's russia and the ukraine i mean there's constantly fear being thrown at us we've got to get back to prayer we've got to get back to that relationship with god we've got to get that anxiety washed away so we can allow the thought process to be grounded in truth that's what we're aiming for with the documentary
2: doug you you did talks on virtue training and one of the virtues that i wanted you to talk a little bit about is the one of courage
3: Yeah, I don't think there's any courage left in the world, Angie. I think we're done. I think you just kind of fold it up and just curl up in the fetal position right now. No. (laughs) I'm there. (laughs) Well, you think about without courage, um, and, 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 you know, one of my favorite quotes, it's attributed to St. Augustine, is that hope has two beautiful daughters. One is anger that things are the way they are, and two is courage to do something about it. Okay, but as the, one of the saying goes about courage is, courage is not that everything's fine and I'm not afraid. It's doing what's, what, what's right, especially when you are afraid, when you know that there's risk, when you know that there's, there's, there's pressure against you, but still going forward simply because you're not letting the emotion of fear dominate, you're thinking through and realizing practically and rationally, this needs to get done. I need to move forward. Whether it's a soldier in battle, whether it's a, a priest in an exorcism, whether it's, it's someone who stands up in like, um, you know, any of the martyrs extending their arms, yelling Viva Cristo Rey as they get executed. There is something about courage that truly comes from God at its finest point, but it is something that we are all created for and we're created to respond to. But many people give in to the emotion and you know and and father and i we've done you know podcasts where we've had experts like dr joe lepetsky on who've talked about look when emotion dominates and dictates when that's what drives you you're going to have problems look i would say anybody married longer than a week knows this and i've been married 31 years if emotion is running your relationship you're going to have problems right? That you just are not going to imagine. So when your spouse comes in the room and says something and it upsets you and the emotion kicks in, well, now you're not thinking, wait a minute, hold on. This is, this is the person of Christ in my life more than anybody else. This is my spouse. I need to rationally think through what's going on here and not let the emotion dictate. So I think we lose courage a lot because we're living in either fear or some sort of manipulation that tells us, no, no courage needed here just go along with everybody else and that's that's really beating us up in a bad way right now
1: i think it goes back to what father Rippiger was talking about too is that he said that you know when you, when you're free from possession or obsession or oppression that it's not so much that the demons have left you it's that you got close into god and that, that where demons don't want to go and and so that's where real freedom comes from, and I, I just think I was listening to that excellent analysis, Doug. And, and what was going through my mind is uh, that when when we're detached from God, when we're when we're too far away from Him, we're out into demon land. We're we're mm-hmm. easily manipulated, yeah. And and it's 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 uh, it's easier for us to cower in those situations when we're close into God. Okay, when He's right there. All right. You can go into battle and you can do it with resolve and uh it, it, because you got your creator D- our favorite story right Doug David yeah. you know yep. uh, the, Goliath yeah. you know, and, and the Philistines everybody's around going we're toast <laughs> we're done and David you like to say D- David comes in chuckling <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> he comes
3: in with an attitude
1: yeah right <laughs> I mean what
3: what what young Don't go shepherd you tell it boy. you tell it I love it Oh, yeah. I mean, what young shepherd boy, when when he goes in to talk to Saul and, you know, Saul is telling him, who do you think you are? You can't do this. And he says, look, I've killed lions and bears with my own hands when they've come at my flock. I'm going to do the same thing to this Philistine, this uncircumcised Philistine out here. (laughs) So when he steps onto the battlefield and we have to know that Goliath is over nine feet tall. I mean, when they say six cubits in a span in scripture, that that really translates to roughly nine and a half or more feet. Okay, his breastplate alone, his body armor, his chest plate, breastplate alone is 90 pounds, approximately. This is a massive man. And he's out there for 40 days, twice a day, comes out, beats his chest and says, give me somebody. (laughs) And so when David steps out there, and Goliath feels insulted. Who is this? Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? You know, I'm going to spread your flesh on the ground for the birds of the air and the animals all uh. around. And David says back, talk about attitude. I don't think so. I'm going to do that to you. I'm going to spread your flesh, leave it here for the animals and the birds, and I'm going to do the same thing for the whole Philistine army. So he comes in with attitude. But the reason Father and I like this story so much is it really embodies two key things. One, David goes in and everybody loves to lean on this. Well, he trusted God and God was his strength. Yes, however, God works through ordinary means. Just like Father writing this book, or an exorcist who has to physically come to the person who's possessed, step into the room, perform the ritual, or husband and wife have to physically get up, take care of the kids, go to work, cook the food. There's a natural order to this that God works through. Well, right. David had to train physically to be able to take on Goliath. Sure. And there's a great piece in scripture that as he releases the stone, you, you, the scripture is telling us that he doesn't just throw the stone and then stand there. He releases the stone and then is already moving towards Goliath. He already knows I'm going to hit him and then I've got to really come in on him. Yeah. And he draws Goliath's sword. And this is the part we don't tell our 7 year old when we're putting him to bed at night you know, <laughs> we tell him that he hit goliath with a rock and he won the battle Yay! 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 all right daddy what happened next well let me tell you jimmy <laughs> and then he jumps on goliath he pulls out goliath's sword and this is a major insult in any battle yeah for your opponent to kill you with your own weapon old weapon And so he cuts his head off. Now, Scripture says that when he hit him in the head, that that killed him. He drops him to the ground. He hit him right right in the brow. And it says that the stone was embedded in his flesh, which means David knew what he was doing. He was trained. He had practiced and toned his skill. But he picks up the sword, cuts off Goliath's head. Because he took his
1: his job as his ministry, as a shepherd, seriously. And so you got to do what you got to do to be that shepherd. But the part I, I like, too, is that you know, they're all like, oh, we're all, it's all over, we're toast. He goes, he laughs, he goes, wait a minute, we got God. Yeah. You know, we got, we've got God. He doesn't. And God is, you know, you look at all Salvation History, God shows up by letting the underdog win every time. Yep. You know, you're always outnumbered. Okay, yeah. I have so, a tough
2: question for the two of you when you're yeah. done. Go ahead, Father, you finish. No, I actually have done. You ready for the but, tough uh, question? Yeah. you really ready? Okay, so I went to Catholic <laughs> school my whole life, from kindergarten, to college how come they don't teach me any of this how come i'm hearing this for the first time on a wsfi radio show how are we going to change all that i mean if everybody knew what you two were talking about today we'd, we'd have a whole different world oh here, yeah here, we'd uh, be spiritually uh, look,
3: and physically look, look. ready to go
1: yeah yesterday we we uh we celebrated the feast of the presentation mm. and i always highlight the one line that Simeon has he says he will be a sign that will be contradicted, and actually the word contradicted would be spoken against. All right, if 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 you go into a Catholic school and start talking about uh, you know I don't know demons or anything like that, um, you, you, you're you're a threat. You're a threat if you if you do that. So we have to soften it. Uh, we have to uh, uh, sugarcoat it. Th- that's why I say a lot of. A lot of the liturgies and and just the practice of our faith became very soft and effeminate that didn't have to speak to anything uh, with God. So that's kind of what we're up against right now. Is that that was my first thought, Angela, when you thought that question. If you start talking like this in a Catholic school,
2: what happens?
1: Uh, where, where do you hear the revolt of, come mm-hmm. from? That
3: yeah, there's you know. several schools I've been kicked out of around the diocese. Yeah. And for and told I'm never allowed back in because of sure. talking these types of messages right.
1: over the years. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's a sign of contradiction. Yeah. Right. Sinian cui contradictor, but a sign that will be spoken against that, that we're, we're all living in fear because the devil is in charge and don't you dare speak against me or I will destroy you. Right. And mm. they speak in devil language, but that's that's what they're doing and the, the cancel culture. You know and uh, they're ruining people's reputations, whatever. Uh, th- th- to me, Angela, that's the answer, is that uh, people choose to take the easier path and not offend anybody And because this would be divisive. That's the biggest word. Oh, I'm so sick of that word.
3: <laughs> and, and you know, Father, that goes right along with that quote from, from that movie that they, they go the easy route because it's comfortable.
1: Right. And in exactly. human
3: day, I, 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 I raise my kids telling them this all the time. Human nature is like water going downhill. It always yep. seeks the path of least resistance. Yep. All right. And if, if you give yes. somebody an easy route, they'll take the easy route. Yep. Well, the devil is saying, look, oh, just go easy, go easy. And God is saying, yep. no, love demands sacrifice. It's part of it. There's right. a power in that sacrifice when it's united with the cross. Sacrifice,
1: sacrifice to make holy. Yes. What that yes,
3: yeah. yes. Yeah. The temporal and the spiritual. We've got to make it holy by being willing to step up, sacrifice, and not look always for the easy path.
1: Right.
2: Doug, your biography online mentioned that you went through a conversion experience. What was mm-hmm. that?
3: Boy, the really simple story of that is I was living a very lukewarm Catholic faith. I, I've missed mass in my life on Sundays probably maybe six or seven times total, and that's only for being sick. Um, I was raised a clock in, clock out Catholic. Go to church, hand in the holy water font, clock in, walk out after mass, hand yeah, the holy water described font, clock out.
1: Earlier, which everybody, that's where most people are. But go exactly, ahead. Exactly, exactly. Yeah.
3: And then my aunt, God bless her, told me a story. Now this was not like a miracle ah, type of moment. God rest her soul. She was a a uh, weekly adoration, weekly adorer for over 25 years. Um, I found this out later after she passed away. She told me a story of the Blessed Mother appearing and giving messages of chastisements for the world. I looked into it. She directed me to Fatima. Now, my mom, God rest her soul, had given me a book on Fatima. I put the two together, my aunt's encouragement, my mom, this prayer book she gave me, and I read the story of Fatima, and I was hit like a two-by-four to the head in the middle of reading the book on the vision of hell, July 13th, 1917, that was being described. I put the book down, stood up, literally walked across the room, looked back at the book and said, I can't read anymore because I knew, and look, I was not a party animal. I was not selling drugs. I was not that type of guy. I I wanted to go to heaven. I was I was going to church, but I wasn't taking it seriously. I didn't have a relationship.
2: How old were I you, was, Doug?
3: I was lukewarm. I was it about to 19, sea. 20 19. years old. Okay, so I, yeah. 19. 19 or 20, when I, when I read this and I put the book down, I went back to it five minutes later, five minutes. I pick it up, I keep reading it. I'm devouring the story of Fatima. And now she stands behind me. She's in all the videos I try to do. I always want to have her close by. Kind of funny, father's got his, mine hasn't wept, but you know, I got a beautiful statue.
2: I think she's so, smiling.
3: Oh, she is, yeah. But it was, it was really, it was that very, very simple message from my aunt, from my mother, combined and this great woman that i'm now married to who was very supportive and very hungry to learn as well about our lady of fatima i've been married 31 years now to my wife and it was that moment though of reading that book putting it down walking across the room and thinking i'm headed there to hell if i don't make a change but i always say it's like mary hit me in the head with a two by four but she sugarcoated it enough to give me enough sweetness of her love that drew me towards her and now, look, brown scapular right there, rosary, don't go anywhere without a rosary close by, and you, you've, got, you've got to have that relationship with Mary. Look, I firmly believe that the only reason John the Apostle had the courage to stay at the foot of the cross while all the others ran is because our Blessed Mother was there and he knew he needed to cling to her to have the courage and the strength to stay in the midst of the trial. And every single one of us, I think, should, should look at that and say, look, I got to cling to Mary if I'm going to have the strength to endure this.
2: Uh, the Heilman, you wanted to be a football player. What happened?
1: Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, went to col- I was I was All-State football player, and I went to college, and I was on my way to be a Green Bay Packer. Whoa! Yep, and, uh, yeah, and, and uh, uh, I got a neck injury that uh, ended that career and, and put, put me on another path. And I kind of floundered, I was going to, you know, maybe work for my daddy at a business, And uh, but at 23 years old, I'm in my parents' basement, and all of a sudden, wham, I'm going to be a priest. I mean, <laughs> the day before, the day before, nothing. The, on my 23rd birthday, I'm going to be a priest. I, I, I went to my parents, I, I'm going to be a priest. And uh, they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> and we contacted the vocation director, and I've, I haven't regretted one millisecond of my priesthood mm-hmm. ever since. And so my vocation came in one day. Uh, A few years ago, I went my 23rd birthday. Let's see, June 24th, 1981. If anybody knows, I've been following Majigori. That's when she first appeared, Hmm. and that was the day I got my call, my one day call. The priest said. And so, no, I'm not a Green Bay Packer. Although I own a stock in the Green Bay Packers, but uh, do you
2: you have one of the original stock? Those original. Yeah, I do. Yeah, Dave Casper has one of those. That's one of his. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I,
1: I actually. Quick story there. I I actually uh, my ten year anniversary. I went on sabbatical in Rome. Got an invitation to go to my first papal mass with John Paul II, yeah. and that's when I had the complete turn in my 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 priesthood to understand that we have to ha- we have to bring the sacred into our lives, but also in the way we worship uh, because of what happened there. I'm making a long story short here. Uh, and when I came home, I had I had um, I had uh, uh, asked for a, a stock certificate. I sent away my money or whatever. When I got home, there's the envelope, oh, it's the stock certificate, I open it up. And years later, I look closely at the date in which it was issued. And it was the Feast of the Presentation when I was in Rome, having my conversion experience, February 2nd, 1998.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness, well, we're out of time, but Father, would you be willing to give us your priestly blessing?
1: Yes. The Lord be with you.
2: And with your spirit.
1: May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
2: Amen. 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 Well, do you recognize that music? Can you hear it? Oh, it's not coming through on the computer. We're playing the U.S. Grace Force music <laughs> nice. here on the radio station. Nice. Sorry, can't. can't What a wonderful hour. Thank you so much. And we'll see you on the first Thursday
1: All right. of and every month. God
2: bless you both, and you go get them. You go All get right. them. God Thanks bless you. And thank God bless you, too.
0: Sovere Regina, mater misericordiae, viso dulcedo et spes nostra, saver. Ad te clamamus, exules filii A Ad te suspiramus, gementes et flentes in hac lacrimarum vale. Ega ergav, ad bocata nostra, ilus tuos misericordes oculos ad nos convete. Et Jesu, benedictum fructum ventris tui, no beast will stalk exilium austere. O Clements, O Pious.